Somebody has to be the best in the business. Welcome to AWAM. Anime was a mistake. Episode 5. We've made five of these. I am Andrew, as always. Hi, and Andrew, as always. My, yes. Meet my co-host, Tim. Uh, still here. Still Tim. Nothing new. The Galvatron to my Rodimus Prime. Actually, there is something new. Oh man, I hope I hope we have some people who uh, watch Transformers, uh, specifically the movie. I did actually have something before we get into anime I wanted to talk about. Well, let's hear it. So, the Smithsonian, uh, no, no, why did I say Smithsonian? Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. Uh, they're still doing it until I want to say March fourth, but they have a huge terracotta warrior display. And I went this past weekend, and my goodness, it was... I was excited for it, but it completely blew my expectations out of the water. It was it was amazing. They basically had, an ex- like, a real example. Well, I've, I've seen those uh, as well. Not not there, but absolutely recommend. Yeah. Wait, I, didn't... I just saw in the news some dude snapped a thumb off as a, as a souvenir. Don't get me started. That just pisses me off so much. Yeah, don't touch the art, folks. Yeah. I mean, they're not. it's not just art. At this point, they are important historical artifacts. I mean, that too. Yeah. Basically, just don't touch stuff that aren't that, that's not yours. Just don't do it. History's for everybody. Don't try and steal it for yourself. Yes. Also, don't piss off uh, the Chinese government and so that they won't ever bring this back to the U.S. Yeah, usually also a good idea. Yeah. So... If you, for some reason you are listening, uh, first return the thumb, and then turn yourself into the police, and then, uh... I believe they were actually arrested. Oh, good. Thank goodness. So they got the thumb back? Yeah, I think. Okay, because when I, I went, know, it was I, missing. I, I know I read also about, like, a fine. Mm. Yeah, they, they were not happy. Yeah. But anyways, if you can find a chance to go see it, I, I think it has a few more cities it's gonna hit, uh... At the time you'll be listening to this, it'll probably be out of Philly. But if you get an opportunity to do it, it is amazing. Yeah. And and also, I will say, a lot of the places where they're stopping, it's kind of not the cheapest place to go. I can't speak to the one uh, in Philadelphia, but when I saw it, it was like one of those things where it was like a little bit more than I wanted to spend. Was... If you can, still go. I absolutely recommend it. Like, don't. It, it is worth it, but I also think it's kind of a shame. Actually, the display I went to, I want to say it was like $22 a ticket, which is not bad at all. Uh, I, I still think that's a little high. Honestly, considering the amount of time I spent there and honestly what a big deal it was to see it, I was more than happy to pay that much for a ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, I paid probably, I think mine was like 28 Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was, I was more than happy to pay it. It's just it it's for a lot of people uh that's kind of once once any sort of museum or art stuff gets out of like the teens mm. a lot of people right and understandably um are a little bit more hesitant to 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 spend that much and I'm saying like don't it do it it's really good I will say I am that motherfucker who went to the Met and then just walked past without giving a donation please do not get me started on the map. Actually, you know what? We're just going to go into this. You're, you, you're all going to have to suffer through this. Welcome so. to AWAM. Art was a mistake. Yes. Um, no, getting Andrew talking about art was a mistake. 
Um, so the Met in its charter basically was established to be pay what you want. So that the whole the whole idea of it was that that it wanted the the stuff in its collection to be accessible to anyone. Yes. And and you know they they have had some issues with like trying to make out of towners think that they had to pay the suggested stuff, and that's kind of scummy in its own way. Yeah. But now they're changing it to where if you are not a resident of I think New York, New Jersey, maybe Connecticut. It's been a while since I read this, so this is coming from memory. But if you're not a resident of there or a student within there, you're going to have to actually pay certain prices. Oh, that sucks. Well, and it's against the way that a lot of, like, a lot of um, the donations, like, the art donations were made to the Met instead of other museums because it would be accessible. Yeah. So in, in in a lot of ways, like I've heard some rumblings of like donors not being happy. Yeah. Because that was part of the reason why you gave to the Met was it was kind of even more prestigious because more people would see it. Yeah. Not that all art donations to museums are self serving, but uh, so it's 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 a whole thing that makes me very angry. I mean, I will say my donate because I've gone since then and actually have donated uh when i went through but my donations were definitely self-serving i just didn't want to get the dirty look again well i mean like i i have no personally i try to to donate whenever i go because i go frequently and and make a lot of use of it but at the same time i don't judge the people who don't give much or or you know basically don't give very much of a donation like that's what it's for it's to go see art like yeah that's really There's a, a way, shame. like, like okay, if if you are a billionaire and don't give anything, I think that's scummy. Yeah. But like, if you're like a college kid or something, like, don't feel bad giving like a dollar or something. That's fine. Yeah, I, I will say I would be really interested to see what their finances looked like uh, before making this decision, because I know art funding is, I mean, certainly from the government is totally in the shitter. But. Yeah, I mean it's it, their their budget's not great, but like also I'll try to, the best way to put it is that it's not a mandatory thing. Yeah, if that makes sense, because there is some stuff I'm not not necessarily. Ooh, do you I have, have to be careful with my words, huh? Do you have secret information? Not secret, but um, are you part of I the know Art some Illuminati? That aren't, yes. Art no, it's just I know some things that um, I'm not sure that they're not mine, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell. Gotcha. You know, so I'm going to err on. Uh, but yeah, so that was your your art ten minutes. Uh, now back to anime, anime, which is not in any way, shape, or form art. It is garbage. God, no. Yeah. It was a. It was definitely a mistake. Uh, so. But so Tim, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? I have been watching. Well, first of all, the shows uh, that I've kept up with are Junji Ito, Citrus, Darling in the Fran XX, and Overlord, which I am caught up with now. To go over Ooh. those real quick, Junji Ito, great. Uh, Citrus. Actually, I, I don't think I watched the most recent episode. I think I forgot about that. Did watch the most recent of Darling in the Fran XX, which, I mean, still fun. Uh, I like this episode better than most, actually, because it had a lot of focus on fighting and the characters learning how to use teamwork. 
Ooh. Yeah. I'll be honest, I fell hard off of uh, Darling in the Fran XX. That's really I, fair. I have very little interest in it at the moment. It's not great. Like, I wouldn't call like, I'll it probably, bad. I'll probably catch up with it when when we're doing, like, mid-season stuff and, like, the, the finale stuff, but it's not on my, like... Must watch. Must watch. Yeah. That's understandable. Or I want to catch up with it so I can talk about it, not because I want to watch it, if that makes sense. Yeah, actually, that does, considering... Uh, I don't know if people know about this yet, but we do a anime podcast where we talk about anime. Oh, wait, so this is not an arts podcast? Uh, Well, I mean, if anime was art, then it would be, but clearly... It's definitely not, not it's definitely garbage. It's definitely a snart? What? Sorry, I think you snarf? cut off for a second there. Definitely snarf? Snarf? Is this Thundercats now? Oh, I hope not. I hate snarf. There's a lot of issues with Thundercats. Maybe maybe one day when we get around to a bonus episode, we'll, we'll go into Thundercats. Well, when we get it, get two bonus episodes, then I think there will be a lot of 80s cartoon episodes. Probably. Anyways, uh, Overlord's still good. The pace is still extremely slow, which, I mean, you know, kind of sucks because will it ever end? you binged all of it, yeah. so now you have to wait. I am enjoying, like, I actually am enjoying the pace of it. It's just I realize that with as fast as it's coming out, it's probably not going to be done anytime soon. Now, there is one last show I want to talk about. And it is not anime, but it's on Crunchyroll, so I think I can get away with it. It's anime adjacent. Yes, it's anime adjacent. The character designs are very anime. Thunderbolt Fantasy. Now, Andrew, you've heard of this as well, right? Yeah, yeah. When when, when you and I were, were kind of just getting started doing some streaming stuff... Uh, we had it brought up to us in chat, I think. Yeah. So, think Wirefu. Uh, actually, kind of like Wirefu without the kicking. Because you never, you never see legs attached to torsos, which I'll get to in a little bit. Okay. But yeah, Kung Fu movies mixed with puppets. And everybody has an anime design. It, it is... What era is this from? I think it's actually kind of recent. Okay. I was I was curious if it was kind of one of the things where they did it because, like, anime used to be super expensive to make, and, like, this would be way cheaper, or if it was, like, a a um, design decision, kind of, because and, and newer. Definitely a design decision. It was made in 2016. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, on Wikipedia, the genres are puppetry, wuxia, period drama, and action. I would kind of disagree with period drama. Like, that's kind of like calling Lord of the Rings period drama because there's a lot of parallels to uh, European, well, Europe, like oh, the medieval era. But yeah, Wuxia is essentially a type of kung fu movie. But yeah, it's... Honestly, there are some elements to it that are good and it's extremely interesting. But for the most part... I'm enjoying watching it because it's fucking hilarious. Watching these puppets try, like, it, it's a fairly serious show where you're constantly drawn out of it because of the puppets. And and you're saying that that was kind of on purpose? I don't actually think so. Like, I think they're serious okay. about it. Like, the story and the characters are fairly 
serious and they're not really trying to do any sort of comedy about like hey look it's a puppet okay i think it's i think it's serious and that's what makes it funny it's like if they're like oh look it's puppets you know then it would just be but like it's it's unintentionally funny yes okay that yeah that was kind of what i was trying to get like do were, were the authors or the producers of it doing that on purpose to make that funny or was it just they were making this thing and it's kind of funny because it's puppets? I think, yes, I think they were totally serious about it. And it's funny because the puppets are very cheesy. So we're talking the room. No, like there's actually good parts to this, but same, uh, you know, same you're laughing at it because it's yeah. being, it was made seriously. Okay. A couple of more things to say about it, though. First of all, I actually really like puppets. I mean big jim hansen fan who isn't really i've met people who don't like the muppets and then i never talked to them again just watch the the christmas one with with john denver john denver yeah yeah john denver is in a muppets like christmas thing the only muppets christmas i know is a muppets christmas carol and i'm pretty damn sure john denver's not in it he definitely did something with the muppets okay i mean i believe it like on the muppets show just about everybody you can imagine from that time period is on they even got uh why can't i think of his name uh the big horror star who's really campy uh i'm gonna kick myself yeah it was it was a it was a television uh special in 1979 john denver and the muppets a christmas together okay that sounds like fun but yeah, they, they did stuff with like people like Johnny Cash, a few other people. Well, a lot of people yeah. on The Muppet Show. A lot of the movies, uh, personally, I actually really like the Brian Henson movies. Muppets Treasure Island and Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh no, this became The Muppets oh. Podcast. Yeah, well, again, bonus episodes. We gotta keep these, yeah. keep these in the hat. Anyways, the point I wanted to get to, I like puppetry, but uh, well, I guess... Thunderbolt Fantasy is derived from a Chinese art of hand puppetry, which you stick your hand up into the puppet and it becomes the arms of a human being and the head of a human being. And I think there's even, I think they have limited control over the lips, but not very good because they don't really try and sync them up much. But they're, well, they're... yeah, I, I'm, I'm slightly familiar with that kind of puppetry. And yeah, there is no, it's not the like super... It's not meant to be super advanced puppetry, if that no. makes sense. No. So they're using that, which makes sense. I believe this was a project between some people in Japan and some people in Taiwan. So it, it makes sense that they would use kind of like an older, more local art form. But yeah, it's fucking hilarious. And if you want a good laugh that's kind of kung fu and fantasy related, eh, maybe check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. I had no idea it was on Crunchyroll. Yeah. No, I just uh, I ran into it by accident. And then it consumed your soul? Uh, I've only watched the first three episodes, but... That's a surprising amount of uh, control from you. Yeah. Well, I don't have as much time to binge anime as I used to. Fair. I know that feeling. Uh, well, so... Uh, but I did do some binging so i i've been watching like uh hakata and katsu ramens that has continued to be good but it's just kind of getting into the new story so you know there's not much to talk about beatless things have really escalated in a way that i was not prepared for actually i but wanted I'm... to talk about beatless i forgot i watched some of that how far did you get uh like episode four maybe okay the main thing i wanted to talk about 
will talk to you about that is I think an episode or two ago you said the only fan service was when she was coming on to the main character yeah I don't think you know what fan service is well okay uh, the only really sexualized stuff yeah that that was the only really sexualized stuff but there's a lot of really skimpy costumes that uh show off boobs and butts yeah but I um I guess for me that's like none of there were very few times or none of them stood out to me post watching of like it's really getting shoved in my face yeah no they didn't do that but there's definitely fan service in it and that hey look how sexy these characters are and yeah like a wink and a nudge we know you're staring at their butt i mean that's true yeah um but yeah so so that has escalated in ways that are cool um but also slightly confusing uh but I'm still enjoying it. Um, I watched uh, Kokuoku. Kokuoku? Kokuoku. 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 It's interesting. It's really interesting. It's about going in, into like this this time is stopped world. And it <laughs> deals like another cult. And I like it because it is basically they're thrust into this world where they don't know the rules. And the penalties for breaking the rules are death. Oh, actually, that does sound interesting. And so the the whole thing of it is like slowly figuring things out and making it's kind of a, got a lost feel to it in that sense. If you remember that show, yeah. Um, so that's been fun. Um, but I mean, it's good. No, I I wouldn't say it's like must see, but it's enjoyable. I really like it. Um, and then so one show that I finally tracked down that I wanted to watch this season was. Uh, Mitsuboshi Colors. I am not you... familiar with it. So it is on High Dive. What it is, it's basically these three little girls who are friends and play in the city. Okay. And go on adventures. And it's basically shot from like the adult point of view, if that makes sense. All right. So like you don't see what they like imagine the stuff is. It's like, no, you see their shack with like a poorly drawn like colors thing. Hmm. Which, like, but it's obvious in their mind it's a castle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's absolutely adorable. Like, anyone uh, who's listening, whenever you finish listening, go look up the... Just search on YouTube, Mitsuboshi Colors RPG. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll also do that after... Well, I'm not done listening, but after I'm done talking into a microphone. Yeah, it's... It's amazing, and yes, it is three little girls with an RPG. Hmm. And a, a rocket-propelled grenade, not <laughs> role-playing game. Uh. Also, they the, the first arc is about them finding a cat that they named Colonel Monochrome. Aww. And he's adorable and steals things. Now, one thing I will say, uh, one thing that I've run into online that kind of creeps me out is there's a lot of, like, lowly stuff with this. Uh. <sighs> now... For those of you who are not aware, it's a reference to Lolita. Um, Which is a book now, by Nabokov where a man molests a girl over and over again. Yeah. Um, now A little girl. Yeah. Now, now, basically what I've... It's been like when I looked up to send someone this, the RPG scene, like there was other like kind of stuff where people would cut stuff together. You know, that kind of stuff was what i ran into there is like 
one slightly awkward bit where like they're trying to solve a riddle and they're talking and and like it has something to do with with the word pan like you have to look under a pan and so you do not see anything but one of the girls one of the girls goes and like lays under the other one basically making the the joke that i think you can make yourself now yeah nothing is shown it was still like it still weirded me out a little bit but like nothing it, it was nothing that that made me go i can't watch this anymore yeah and let me tell you any bit of that would be immediate no go any, yeah yeah i have definitely dropped shows before just one little scene and it's like nope done yeah like this one this one um i think what a lot of it was like the scene is definitely like i would rather it not be there yeah but the way it, the rest of it is set up so innocently if that makes sense it the, like it sounds like it's more for humor than exploitation yes but, but yeah it obviously little... there's people on the internet who are going to be terrible people on the internet well, it's like a lot of the stuff on, like, if you search it on YouTube, you'll get a lot of, like, people, t- like, basically lowly stuff. Um, so which what you're saying sucks. is don't search it on YouTube. Uh, it, it's the My Little Pony effect. Kinda, yeah. Um, but I know the first thing whenever you search Mitsubishi Colors RPG will get you not a creepy thing. Unless it changes by the time this is out. But also, I just want to say, like, my I, I just want to read a little bit of my notes. So it's like, the opening is adorable. That cat looks like a panda. Um, this world seems so safe and carefree. Where are their parents? What did they get? Where did they get an RPG? They're suddenly really murderous. <laughs> the cop is showing them how to use an RPG. This is adorable. Ah, uh, that honestly, that does sound really cute. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and... And it, it, the idea, the whole idea of like the, the, the power of like children's play yeah, is something that has always been really resonant with me. And so this is kind of making me remember what that was like, especially since they give it from the viewpoint of an, like an adult. So like you just see the kids are like running around the city and acting like they're going to solve problems when really they're just running around, like stopping by, like they're like older uncle type dude who like gives them like toys and you know yeah um so it's it's really cool i've really enjoyed it oh and so one of the things that we have been talking about doing uh for uh the the i think it's next season they are is it a remake of um legends of galactic heroes yeah yes so i have been working my way through the original because Part of the, our plan is we're going to take some time and actually compare them. Yes. Um, obviously not during the, the season it comes out, but but so I'm beginning prep work on that of, of getting my way through that because it's, what, like 120-some episodes, 110? About, yes. So we'll I've, say I've if been... anybody's interested, it's a very good show, a very politically focused space opera, and... It is around 110 episodes, but there's never filler. Yeah, I've I've been really enjoying it. Um, that is also on high dive. Yes. Um, but that's really all I've been, all I've all I've watched. Okay, I I did forget one thing because I was trying to put it out of my mind. 
I was trying to forget it, but I watched. Did you one watch ep- more Killing Bites? No, God, no. Uh, I watched one episode of Digimon Try because okay. I used to love Digimon as a kid, and well, to begin with, I didn't think it was great, but then they just kind of butchered one character, so I was just like, "This is this is dumb." So, did you watch Digimon as a kid? I did. Do you remember Sora? Don't remember anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sora is one of the... She's a spunky girl character. And she doesn't okay. have the most personality. But in Digimon Try, her whole character is... Oh, do I like Matt or do I like Ty? And oh, should I wear this shirt or that shirt? Which will they think is cuter? And I was just like... Ugh. It's, it's just so bad. That That sucks. So I watched one episode of it. I'm not actually sure if I watched the whole episode. And I was just like, I'm, I'm fucking done. Oh, that reminds me of something. I did watch something that I got about a minute into and stopped watching. Killing Bites? No. No, I know not to watch that. Otherwise, I'll just be like, I'm done. I'm not doing this podcast anymore. No. So I may have been tricked into watching the first minute of the seven heavenly virtues <laughs> uh, was that me or did somebody else do that to you someone else did it to me okay because i know i suggested it but then you you said you were actually going to do it a while later and i was like i don't think he's taking my suggestion from a month ago no yeah i don't i don't remember that no it was someone else and they are terrible uh yeah i got like to the point where they were like sexy angels who of all the virtues i was like nope Mm-mm. This is over. This is not happening. It is a straight-up titty anime. I believe it does have nudity. Could be I, wrong. Though. I would not know. Okay. Uh, all I can say is I'm not even uh, religious, and I found it very offensive. Yeah. What What I do know about it is it's a sequel to another show that's called The Seven Deadly Sins or something something like that. Meanwhile, there's a shonen anime also called the seven deadly sins and i might have ended up on the episode an episode of the wrong one uh those those tricky titles tricky they're almost exactly the same title i think one just has like a a subtitle you know the thing that comes after the colon and that's like the difference in the titles that's that's probably bad yeah so anyways, it's well, yeah, a titty let's move anime. On to, well, yeah, let's move on to one of the biggest sins. Anime? Gluttony. Oh, yeah. Okay. Though, no, I mean, anime is not, not technically a sin. Are it you should sure? Be. No, no, it should be. Okay. But that book was written like a long time ago before anime existed. But, Andrew, there were prophets. They should have known. Okay, I got before we get there. into heresy, blasphemy, yeah, um, all that good stuff. Well, blasphemy, not heresy, but, but yeah, let's. So we're going over nineteen to twenty-two of of food wars. One thing I do want to say up front: we're going to forget names because there are so many names thrown I mean, at us. With a lot of characters, I'm just going to be like, chick who has wild game, uh, yeah, guy who likes sawdust. And, and we'll get on to why that really bothers me after we get through what happened. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just not going to talk about them at all. I'm, for our 
for our review of it, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll talk about why it's a bad thing, but when we're just going over, like, a plot synopsis, I don't think there's any reason to bring them up. Oh, absolutely. All right. So, if you remember where we left off, the autumn elections were announced. And in this episode, we find out everyone who's in them. And surprise, surprise, it's pretty much, what, it's all the main characters who are yeah. freshmen? Basically, if you have a name and are a freshman... You're in, like, the top whatever percentile of your class. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why we have names. Yes. And they also find out that the dish for the autumn election is curry. By the way, at the- when we're talking about the higher level stuff, we should talk about curry. I really like curry. Oh, we will. Yes. Soma remembers his dad talking about an old classmate who is basically- whose main- focus is on spices especially curry spices so yeah soma sets out to go say hi to her and get some advice on what he should do and well he brings megumi along they they meet her uh, her name's jun she's about four feet tall and she looks like a child i wouldn't say that but she's very short they, they give her some proportions that don't make her look because well, th- that is dangerous territory andrew True. I, yeah. I guess more is uh, she is treated like she looks like a child. Yeah. If that makes sense. People like make fun of how short she is, basically. Yeah. But they meet Jun. Soma says that uh, Jochiro told him about her and she starts beating on Soma because she thinks Jochiro is an asshole. The slow mo punch in that is amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a good little bit. Good little little boost of humor oh also she apologizes a lot there's actually an infinite apology loop with megumi at one point <laughs> uh that was good too actually i like that because i've met people just about everybody knows someone who just compulsively apologizes for everything yeah and we're not even canadian anyways wow, yeah they meet jun and also her protege akira hayama who I didn't think would be important at all, but turns out to actually kind of be important. Also, not paying attention to his name is Indian. Yeah, everybody has a Japanese name. Absolutely everybody. Anyways, he's really good at curry, and you know how Arena has the god tongue, and she can just, like, taste everything perfectly? They don't call it the god nose, but he essentially has the god nose. I also, in my notes, have written, power levels over 9,000. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought he would almost be like a Monster of the Week character. Like, oh, this is someone Soma's going to have to beat, and then Soma's going to beat him, and poof, he's gone. Uh, Yeah, that's what I expected, too. uh, Spoilers? Nah, he sticks around for a while. Yeah. Well, he's like Soma's main rival at the moment. At the moment, but he still stays like a pretty important rival for Soma. Okay. Anyways, it's summer break now. The autumn elections are in autumn. In autumn. Yeah. So everybody kind of goes their separate ways. Uh, Takumi goes back to Italy. Yeah, it's Takumi that goes back to Italy and uh, his brother who stays, right? Yes, and he loses all of his winter weight. (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, if he did that every year, it would be insanely unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he goes from a kind of, like, chubby, cutesy character to, like, oh, look, I'm really handsome now. Yeah. 
Soma stays at the school and just works on his curry recipe the whole time. I think, yeah, Megumi goes back to her hometown. Does anybody else do anything that's even mildly important? No. Okay. So, summer break is over, and it's time for the autumn elections. There's a group A and a group B, each with 30 students, and there will only be four taken from each group. So, basically, it's going to be a everyone-for-themselves, 30-person competition to get one of the top scores. Yeah. So it's not like a Shokugeki where it's a duel. Yeah. Well, and also, it's basically there to build up all of the characters that haven't had a ton of cooking um, screen time, if that makes sense. So we start with Block B. And that's basically, we're going to be talking about basically only block b because block a is kind of the last two episodes that we'll do next week yeah so we're introduced to a new character uh, i think her name is like now 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 and uh hisako who is arena's secretary basically now 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 has now. an obsession with arena and thus hates hisako because Hisako gets to be close to Arena and now doesn't. Also, now is essentially a witch. Who kind makes... of looks like the Hex Maniac character from Pokemon. Yeah, also makes like gross smelling food that is really good. Yes. She cooks was it some like black noodle curry thing? Actually yeah. I, I opened up a page. Which, it uses which has, like, Kusaya. This... Yes. Which have you ever smelled that in real life? No. Ooh. It'll make hairs stand up. Hmm. But reading off of Wikipedia, Kusaya is a Japanese-style salted, dried fish. Salted, dried, and fermented fish. It has a pungent smell and is similar to the fermented Swedish herring, Sirstroming. I just, I just, that's not important. I just wanted to try and say Sirstroming. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. So she makes this extra pungent dish that also looks like it's... The dish looks evil. And the judges don't even want to eat it. But then they do, and it actually tastes really good. Then after that, uh, she's not really important again. Yeah, basically, like, she gets beat by Hisaka with her health... Her, like, health cooking. Yes. So... Megumi is having her normal like, oh, can I can I actually cook on my own? And this is this is where this is actually a really important fight essentially for Megumi because she has to rely on only herself and that's obviously something she's had trouble with because she's not a confident or assertive character. To kind of get past that though, she does a really ballsy move. She brings out a monkfish. Now you tried to stop me last time when I told everybody to go look up a picture of a monkfish, but this time, everybody go look up a picture of a monkfish. Okay, it, back? Yeah, it's gross. It's terrifying. But her little fishing town was known for its monkfish and butchering them. I think, yeah, it's in this episode we get the little scene with her learning how to uh, skin and fillet monkfish, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and also, like, so monkfish are, like, super slimy. Yes. And it's one of those things where, like, it's it, it's not like a pufferfish in the sense of it'll kill you, but if you don't do it right, 
and get some of that slime or anything, it's just gross. Yes. So it's it's, it's not something that is easy to get. No. They basically imply it's very much a specialty skill to be able to butcher a monkfish properly, and she does it on stage in front of everybody. So, you know, she essentially forces herself to get over her stage fright Yeah. by pulling oh. up this monkfish. And, and she impresses that the, the Chinese girl whose name I can't think of, the, the one who, who is, who like thinks that, that all men are evil. Yeah. I don't even, not even ringing a bell at all. I have no idea who that is. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll circle around. So Takumi and, uh, so it's, uh, it's got an IS in it, I think. Again, we're we're not going to remember the names of every character. Basically, Takumi and his brother are kind of having a feud. Like his brother is tired of being always in Takumi's shadow and really wants to show the world he has his own style and he's a good cook by himself. Yeah. But it also seems good-natured as well. He's still very good-natured. Like he doesn't bear any ill will against his brother. He just wants to win. Yeah. He just really wants to win and prove himself. Yeah. And I believe there's a few little scenes with them growing up and how Takumi was kind of the the golden boy in their family who was immediately great at cooking and he wasn't great at cooking, but, you know, with his brother's help, slowly became more and more competent. Well, and also I believe the, was it Asami? is kind of viewed as, like, the, the, the lower-class cook in the sense of, like, he would make, like, pizzas and... Yeah. Whereas, uh... Taku- Takumi? Takumi. Something. The other... The brother uh, was more, like, the, the classical, like, high-end Italian. Yeah. Is what I, what I think that was... I think that's what they were getting at. Yeah, Takumi's the one who's generally considered the better chef, and he's blonde, and then Asami is brunette and is the one trying to get out of his brother's shadow we would also like it's it's not that the foods are necessarily better i mean i think the the blonde one is a little bit better of a cook but like the blonde would make more sophisticated stuff whereas isami's stuff was still very good but kind of like simpler yeah rustica if you will yeah and the last major player in this group B that we need to talk about is Arena's cousin, Alice. And her specialty is molecular cooking? Is that really a thing? I mean, kind of, but not in any way like they show. Okay. Basically, it's sci-fi cooking. Yeah, I always think of it as, as like, like space ice cream. But actually good. good. Yeah. So, also, can I just say her cooking style creeps me out? I mean, go ahead and say it. Yeah, you're allowed. Her cooking style creeps me out. Okay. I'm very much of the... Well, okay, so so Alice makes her space-age curry thing where, like, no one knows what it looks like. It looks like a piece of, like, postmodern art, and everyone's, <laughs> like, confused, and they eat it, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's all foamy, and, and how did you do this? And, and then Megumi uh, is forgotten about, but eventually goes up after alice and hers is like very like homespun and yeah. that's where i fall cooking wise so i don't like i don't like alice yeah but to boil it down to the scores because remember only the top four scores really matter 
Alice comes in first place at 95 out of 100 points. Hisako, who is the secretary, gets 92 points and is in second. Takumi, uh, the one Aldini brother, is at 90, and Megumi just squeaks by with 88 points, which is kind of how they end it. It's like, oh, can, can Megumi even make it in? And she gets that fourth place spot and goes on to the next round. Which was a tie between she she beat um, Asami and the the Chinese girl that they were both tied at eighty seven I think. Oh wait, um, hmm. actually, I think I might know who you're talking about now. Uh, she has like the uh, Miyoko. Okay, yeah, those are the the four people who are going on uh, to the next round. The people who didn't make it, Sami might be, like, the only important one. Well, I mean, there's also, like, other students from, like, the, the Polar Star dorm, you know. No one seems really pissed, you know, like, the characters who are, like, in our in our character group are still in our character group, yeah. you know, like, um, and then they just set up for, for A Block, which will be the last two episodes of the season, uh, yep. which we're doing next week. All right. So... so there were too many characters. Too many characters. Like it, and and too many new characters. Like I, I genuinely was watching it, taking notes, and had trouble keeping up. I mean, I did think they kind of handled uh, now well. Like they just give you an introduction, and then she disappears and isn't really important. Like talking about the whole monster of a week of the week thing. She's yeah. the monster of the week of this block. And I think that's okay, you know. Enter character, you know, get a little tidbit about them and realize what, you know, their specialty is. And then exit, uh, exit stage left, you know, they're done. Yeah. But when you have, like, six characters who are entering and exiting in the span of, like, three or four episodes. Yeah. It's too much. And, like, you had to actively remember, like, who did what kind of food. And, like, it was a mess. Also, with all the Polar Star people in Group B, the only one who matters at all is Megumi. The rest of those characters, it's just like, well, they're in a dorm together, so you can't just say, hey, the only people in Polar Star are Soma, Megumi, and was it Satoshi? Yeah, Satoshi. Like, you gotta have those extra characters, but you should just kind of, like, introduce them and not really focus on them at all. When just like uh, this is some of the 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 characteriz- characterization, especially uh, the characterizing their food. Yeah, they should have done in the training hmm. camp trip, which kind of goes into the pacing in this has taken such a hit. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. Like it's very poorly paced, and I'll be honest, I watched the the last two episodes of the season as well, and it continues being poorly paced. Like this. Yeah. The ba- oh, as soon as they start battling, it just is a mess. Yeah, I think even with season two, the pacing is a problem in this show. And like, I don't, I don't have much more to say about the pacing. Just it's, it's a mess. Like, like mm. the stuff is supposed to be going on at this. You know, both blocks are like, are they concurrent? Are they not? If they're not concurrent, why are there two sets of judges? Like, it just, it's a mess. It's just this messy thing where they just threw everything that they needed to get into the first season into and just kind of will make it work. Yeah. Um, which also kind of with that, another thing that kind of bothered me was so there's tons of 
like overt fan service mm-hmm. in this, especially with uh, was Miyoko. I think that's the one judge, right? No, well, yes, the the judges, but no, Miyoko was the was the Chinese one. Okay, the character I totally forgot. Yes, and it just bothers me because there's so much eating. And then they're like, no, no, we have to add more. Uh, and, and especially being on, like, they're doing the fan service with the girl who grew up in, basically, her dad owns, like, the oldest Chinese restaurant in some part of Japan. And, like, she grew up with, like, the the, the kitchen being, like, an old boys club. So she, uh, like, kind of hates men, but it's also, like, understandable. And, like, she's... She's like, well, I have to be strong for to, for them to respect me, and 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 you know, I'll show them, and it, which is very ham-fisted. Yeah. But so to have that character be the fan service character for this segment also just drives me nuts because again, it's like it's working against the point they were trying to make. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not in it's it's and, and the sexy stuff about her is not empowering. Like it's not it's no. not a like female empowerment like bra burning type deal. It's just they're like, man, she's really powerful. So when she moves, everything jiggles. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Yes, they need to learn how how body parts move. If you're gonna do fan service with stuff jiggling, I don't know why that specific thing ha- really really bothered me also was just they'll make like boob jiggle and they'll jiggle in a way that like it's like have you ever seen them i will say when it comes to anime fan service there's definitely a running theme of no real boobs don't jiggle that way like it's just it's if real boobs are a two anime boobs are an 11 on how they jiggle like it's just well it's not even like just amount of just like how they like like, oh yeah, they, they defy de- gravity. Well, not but, even no, but it's like they also defies like how how thing like how forces transferred. And just, I know that this is a weird thing for me to be irrationally fixated on, but like if you're gonna do this kind of stuff, like do it in like a way that the things actually move. Yeah. I don't know why that for uh, part of it was that I was already annoyed with the fan service as I was watching it because like I'm like you don't need like you have a lot of opportunities for the way that you've basically made a good excuse to have it and you're not taking advantage of that. You're just sticking more stuff on top of it. It it genuinely drives me crazy. Mm. Understandable. I I get your point of view now, like how it can be done well or it can be done poorly. Yeah, it's like I don't don't like it either way, but like at least do it well. Yeah. Because especially when done poorly, it creates these weird narrative bits that are really confusing. Like I was saying, the girl who is, like, basically fiercely independent. Like, she's not, like, a man-hater in in a derogatory sense. Yeah. She just, like, came up with with a lot of, like, frankly, misogynist cooks. Yeah. And so she was like, I gotta be strong so that they they don't mess with me. And to take... Her as the one that you're gonna like really sexualize, cre- and and in in I almost say a creepy way, but not an empowering way. Then that undercuts the whole thing that you're trying to do with that character. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm done ranting about fan service. All right, let's have... rant about curry. Well, no, I have one thing I want to get to before we go on the food tangent <sighs> and get Fine. hungry and leave. Why are all the characters who are not Japanese have? Why do they all have Japanese names? There's not a good answer for that, because it's not that hard to look up common names in different countries. Exactly. Like, it's, like, I'm not saying name, name, 
Akira like I'm not even gonna try to come up with a with a racist Indian name. But like uh, like it's not hard to just give them a name that that fits where they're from. Yeah. And like I kind it, it it does actually kind of bother me because A it makes it very confusing. Yeah. Also, I think there's there's an undercurrent of stuff that is problematic about taking people like like it's a weird like cultural appropriation thing where like so you're taking these cultures and making them acceptable to to Japan's kind of rather insular culture and like that whole undercurrent of stuff I also find kind of disgusting. Yeah. I, I don't like, personally I, I don't feel strongly that way. I, I do think this was not in any way malicious. I think if I had to guess, it, it seems to me more like the author just didn't really try well i think i think for me the issue mainly comes down to japan is is traditionally xenophobic yeah that is true. I, don't, I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that and so when you when you combine the the not giving the old other cultures their culture in the thing that you're showing that becomes slightly more of an issue yeah when you look at the the culture around it yeah that makes sense and we will definitely at some point really get into some of the really shitty stuff japan does when it comes to other cultures and well, I mean, shall like we I say said, people of other colors yeah well uh mr popo anyone um <sighs> but uh, but no it's a guy mean, in like dbz we've... isn't it yeah yeah um who somehow was not cut out of dragon ball uh z kai when they Isn't had the chance recent? to fix, yeah, when they had the chance to fix their mistake, but that's a whole another. Ooh, another but, topic yeah. for another day. Well, we've we've said multiple times we picked one that to start with that I'm not going to just immediately slice apart. Yeah, so and we will be going through, you know, to steal the name of one of my favorite westerns: the good, the bad, and the ugly of anime. Yeah, we just wanted to start with something good so we don't scare everyone away. Yeah. Uh, but good, okay. but not perfect. Like we're let's not. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about something good now. Curry. I need a palate cleanser. Something to maybe let me sweat out the bad feelings I have. Mm. So, what's your favorite curry or curry adjacent dish? Um. Hmm. I think that's kind of a mood thing because yeah. uh, a good lamb vindaloo. Yes. Uh, whenever I kind of want to punish my body. And have like a semi-religious experience. A really hot vindaloo will is is great. It's got to be lamb. Like if you're gonna yeah. do vindaloo, you gotta get lamb. Yeah, but on the other side of it, I do love a Japanese udon curry soup. I don't think I've actually had a shall we say professionally made udon curry soup. I will next time. Next time you're in New York, I will I will rectify that because that plus like some seafood. So it's not super spicy, but it's got some kick. It's more of a like a cumin-y, coriander-type gotcha, curry. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I I once put curry powder and cumin and turmeric into a 99-cent uh, ramen pack. Does that count? Uh, No, because you did not activate the uh, turmeric with uh, fats. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, I was going to say just pretty much a normal chicken curry or lamb vindaloo are my two favorites depending on how spicy I want it. Yeah, I I will say um, spicy curry for me is not a all-the-time thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be uh, it's got to be on a day when you know the next day you're going to have easy access to a bathroom. See, I don't have that problem. It's more just like I got like it's for me when I'm having that as an experience. Like it, it really is kind of a like if I need to like reset my day mm. or something like that, that's when I'll get a spicy curry when I need to like basically like I've had like a bad morning and I need to just like hit the reset button. That's kind of what I use it for. Actually, that reminds me, not resetting my day, but when I need to reset my entire life, I get like some shitty, say like Little Caesars pizza and then okay. just liber liberally spread ghost pepper hot sauce on it. Ooh, actually, I do have something slightly topical uh, that, that you've reminded me of. Oh. Also, I think of the shitty pizzas, Little Caesars is king. Oh, absolutely. But like, no question about it. Yeah. Uh, like, come at me if you have a different opinion. You're wrong. But so I had a curry that was made. I don't even know if you can technically call it a curry. It's curry style. Adjacent. Well, because, you know, curries is all, all it's all about using the, the spices themselves, not kind of any sort of middleman. Mm hmm. But so this was a spicy curry using a hot sauce. Oh, huh. So, and what it was, so I'm going to shout out to Queen's Majesty. Um, they are a Brooklyn-based hot sauce uh, manufacturer. They also they sound have... like an 80s hair metal band. Yeah, yeah, they could be. Yeah. Like, uh, they would they would be, like, up there with, like, Queensryche. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and the hot sauce I had was, I forget which pepper it was, but it's, it's towards the higher end of, of Trinidad scorpion. Maybe. Cause that's what I'm I not... would use if I was trying to make a more curry like dish with a hot sauce. Like it's like, it's, if you were to take like the hottest hot sauces and like from Valentina's to like the hottest stuff, it's probably somewhere in like the middle. Okay. I would put Trinidad at like a seven or eight out of 10. It's like scratching seven, is what I would say. Okay. I don't know the Scovilles offhand, but so it's it's a coffee based hot sauce. Okay, that's coffee definitely... grounds. <laughs> that's huh. So it's like fruit with a little bit of co well, mainly coffee with a little bit of fruit, and it's very hot. Hmm. And I had um, it wasn't a noodle soup, but it was like noodles in like a curry. Okay. And it was very good. Uh, I absolutely recommend if you like hot sauce, so like hot hot sauces. If you see any Queen's Majesty somewhere, get it. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, they also have like a ginger and like Scot uh, Scotch bonnet one that's also very good. They're very good at making hot sauces that are flavorful and hot. But yeah, now I'm I'm getting hungry and I unfortunately don't have easy access to curry. So I'm going I'm, to get curry after this. I'm I'm going to treat myself though. I'm I'm gonna go get a yero. That's not curry. Well, no, but, like, I can't just, like, make myself, like, some leftovers now. I need to go get something good. Can you can you at least promise us you'll put some of that Greek hot sauce on it? Uh, no. No, I can't. I don't want to mess with the... I, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but the tzatziki? don't want to mess tziki. with that. Tziki? Tziki. 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 You tziki. start with a T sound. Tziki. And then it like rolls through like an X to an S is the way I would explain it. Okay. Okay, That's but yeah, I, I, I'm really hungry, so we need to go. So, bye, people. You don't want to hear grumpy me? Yeah. I'm getting curry. And I'm next getting week, we're going to talk about more curry, and I'm going to get more curry. 
Um, but also next week, uh, if you look at the schedule on our site, awam.pizza, mm-hmm. A-W-A-M dot pizza, we have the schedule. We're talking about the last two episodes of the first season. Uh, we'll also do kind of a season wrap up and we will then announce what we're going to be moving on to next. Thunderbolt Fantasy. No. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.